I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right. Uh, once again, we didn't get any important feedback. I'm sure we got feedback, but none of us put it in the outline, so uh, we're not going to talk about any. Um, if you want to give us feedback for next time, you know, make it more memorable. Come on, people. Uh, our first news story is kind of a bizarre story that I don't know what to think about. Uh, so it's been reported in the New York Times and National Review that Trump is convinced that he's going to be president again this August uh, because Arizona and Georgia and, I don't know, some other state are going to finish their recounts and they're going to realize that, that the count was all off and uh, that Trump actually won and, and Biden's going to leave office and Trump's going to take office. The overt meaning of Trump derangement syndrome is people who believe everything Trump says and uh, therefore act kind of insane. The Kabbalistic meaning of Trump derangement syndrome is this news story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the reason I don't know what to think about it is because now CNN is saying that, you know, they have sources that says Trump doesn't really think that. This story is entirely nuts. Like, what has Trump himself said about it? Exactly. And nobody knows because he's just kind of holed up because he's not on Twitter, basically. We should check his blog. Oh, wait, we can't because he deleted (laughs) it. Trump, in case you missed it, which you probably did because everyone else did, Trump had a blog. It was just called, I think, From the Desk of Donald J. Trump. And nobody read it. And so he shut it down. I legit had no idea that he had a blog. Yeah, yeah. I bet you knew he had a Twitter when he had it. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, so this is, um, you know, somewhat validating Twitter's decision to kick him off and somewhat doing the opposite of that because just it shows he has really very little ability to communicate Well, but if he's not on Twitter. Couldn't someone just ask and, you him? Know, isn't, that the, isn't that the job of a reporter to, like, walk up to people and ask them questions? I mean... I don't think he's not returning their calls. Then why are they reporting about things he believes that other people are just kind of vaguely saying he believes? This this is like how the New York Times does all their reporting. Inyash, have you met the media? Yeah, right? <laughs> this Jesus is Christ. just how they do things. They just make shit up. Pretty much. And now we're reporting it that they're reporting that they heard it from a guy. Um, But I, I was going to dismiss this story immediately because it was just the New York Times and we all know about their journalistic standards. Yeah. But then National Review got into it. And I was like, okay, that if both of them are reporting this and both claim that they have like sources that like re- are really in the know, um, then maybe it's not bullshit. Is the National Review like a college satirical thing? No. National Review is like one of the biggest conservative uh, media organizations in the country. Oh, okay. I probably haven't heard of them because I don't read the conservative stuff. Yeah, they're they're one of the old, uh, you know, a- sort of ancient magazines from way back in the day. Like William F. Buckley was uh, the editor in chief of the National Review. It's weird that both of them said the same thing then. Yeah, because like I think National Review loves to laugh at liberals and their Trump derangement syndrome. Um, so if they were reporting it, I was going to take it more seriously. But I don't know, and I could see this CNN story just being like some some guy realizing how crazy this sounds and running out to the press to be like, no, no, he doesn't actually think that. He's he's very sane. <laughs> he's a very stable genius. A stable genius. He's he knows he's not going to be president in August. That's ridiculous. Uh, so I guess more on that as it develops. Uh, of course, I don't know what's going to happen. It's just Trump's not going to be president, and then uh, what will happen? Nothing. Man, are we going to look silly when Trump is actually reinstated <laughs> a month from now. Egg on my face for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, in other lighthearted news, uh, Belarus has decided that um, it can just force, uh, it can arrest anyone flying through its airspace. Checks well, out. If, if no one stops them. And no one did. Then they were correct. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so that's what they did. There was a dissident journalist flying on a flight um, that didn't touch down in Belarus flying on anywhere. on a flight, you say? 
On a flight. That's how people fly. Fascinating. Yes. It wasn't like a, uh, you know, one of those squirrel wingsuits. <laughs> it was an actual airplane. Um, and they sent up a fighter jet and claimed there was a bomb on the plane and forced them to land. So they landed in Belarus. They sent in some thugs onto the plane and arrested this journalist. And then we're like, haha, just kidding about the bomb. Go ahead and take off. Get out of here. This, this is a week for really fucking crazy stories. Yeah. Um, this story, I, this story sounds insane to me. Like, and no one's doing anything. Well, I mean, I guess the thing you could do is start a incident where you send in troops, which maybe they should. I don't know. Yeah, like, I am usually very against using the military to do most anything. But if we sent in, like, I don't know, a couple of strike teams to go free this guy, I wouldn't be mad about it. So what nationality is this guy? Uh, I think he is a Belarus citizen. So the Belarusians would have to invade themselves to free him. (laughs) I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so. Also, why the fuck does Belarus have fighter jets? Who thought it was a good idea to give them those? Well, they only sent in sent up one. It might be their only one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, checks out. Is yep. there now a directive to all airlines not to fly through Belarus airspace? Yes. Um I think I think the United States joined that, but pretty much the entire EU did. So they're just they're, no then and Belarus is basically cut off from all flights, all international flights. Well, I hope they have learned their lesson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something tells me it's not likely. I don't know. I think that would be kind of um, a bad thing for any nation to suddenly not have air surface at all. Yeah. I mean, soft power is a thing. Yeah, but they had to know this would happen. and Maybe they thought it wouldn't. I don't know. Uh, maybe. At the very least, I think this will discourage other nations from doing the same thing, because, yeah, that, that kind of sucks. Yeah. I wonder if they can just return him and get their their airline rights back no they'll have to say they're very sorry as long as they actually mean it I'm sure they won't (laughs) alright so that's uh, kind of a weird story Um, the next story it's not really news in as much as it's just like people are kind of coming around to the lab leak hypothesis for COVID Um, which if you'll recall uh, we were instructed a year ago or more that it wasn't possible that COVID leaked from this uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology, even though it's the only lab in China that had clearance to to handle, you know, the most dangerous pathogens. And even though COVID started, like, in its general vicinity, um, at the very least in the same province, and uh, we were instructed that there's no way that could have happened, and it's racist for saying so. The it's racist for saying so part was always kind of weird. Yeah, because they said it's racist to say it came from the virology lab, but not racist to say it was because, you know, these backward yokels eat bats. Maybe that second part is just it's always been okay to beat up on the lower classes, even if they're Chinese. I guess. Um, But it's also that people were conflating an accidental release with an intentional release. Um, which I still think it's a very silly idea that they intentionally bioengineered this and released it to, you know, infect the entire world. Because yeah. they don't really, they're not really getting anything out of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, if 2020 has taught me anything, it's not to count out the predictive power of Borat, but uh, time will tell, I suppose. How is this related to Borat? Have you not seen the Borat subsequent movie film? I have, but I don't recall the plague being released. The, the, I did not. The plot not twist at the plot twist at the end is that COVID was released by um by uh, Kazakhstan to get revenge on the rest of the world for laughing at them after the first Borat movie. I did uh, not remember that. Uh, is that yeah. racist to say? I need a New York Times reporter to tell me. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, that's the other thing. The like one of the lead New York Times COVID writers is still out there saying that this theory is racist. Yeah, uh, checks so out. you know, that's you can guess as to the quality of uh, her work. Yeah. What do you guys think? Lab leak? Yeah, yes or no? I'm currently hodling at like eighty cents. 
I'm I'm a little less than that, but I I think it's over fifty. That's I I I'd, I'd go at about sixty. Yeah, I wouldn't fight someone at it uh, for anything over uh, fifty, but yeah, I I have been distressed to learn that deadly pathogens escaping labs is actually pretty common. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of writing about that this past week. What about you, Aniash? Lab leak? <sighs> I have not been very into the wider world um, recently, so I wouldn't want to put my own numbers on it. People that I think are fairly reliable have been putting numbers anywhere between 40 and 70% possible, so I'm just going to defer to them and say that's probably it. All right, Aniash is at 55. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Does this change anything? I mean, I guess it doesn't change anything about what happened, but does it change how we think about anything? Um, well, so I liked Matt Iglesias' take on this, where he was like, you, you know, it probably did leak from the lab, but I kind of hope it doesn't get proven that it did, because there's nothing really to do about that. And all it's going to do is make people even more freaked out about medical research um, and more racist against Asians and hating of China. So, Eliezer had the exact opposite take. Yeah, so, really? so the issue is, like, their specific research, capability gain research, which is basically where you take a pathogen and you make it more transmissible, more deadly, etc., for some reason? And, like, that should absolutely be getting a lot of attention and a bunch of people demanding that we stop doing it because it's obviously retarded. Is anyone doing that that they admit? Yes. Yeah, this is, like, an entire-ass field of research for some reason. This is a thing people are doing out in the open. Yeah, I'm, I'm skeptical that the public is capable of making subtle distinctions between capability gain and say life extension or other research that we very very much want people to keep doing so like i i'm sort of splitting the uprights uh between iglesias and eliezer um because like i definitely agree that in the best case scenario we could leverage this to get some stupid research stopped but also, we definitely don't live in that sort of ideal world, and it's a pretty good ch- chance that uh, the blithering masses would not be able to distinguish the actual stupid research from the useful research. All right, so demagoguing against China and also scientific research. Got it. Yeah, also I think that uh, China is mostly overrated. Um so, you know, people thinking less of them are not necessarily a bad thing. Overrated by who? I thought everyone hates China. Uh, I think most people just don't care. Well, I think they care now. Yes. I mean, I mean, I think, I think China hatred went way up because of COVID regardless of whether it was a lab leak or it was, you know, eating And let bats. me be clear, there is a difference between hating the Chinese Communist Party and hating Chinese people, which is almost always a bad thing and we should not do or encourage yeah i I don't really trust people to make that distinction either but to the extent that that the lab leak is uh has the ccp to blame and the wet market theory has the chinese people to blame i would much rather go with the the ccp one well the um point that eliezer made was that it's not really the ccp to blame that the lab was at least partially u.s funded because this U.S. companies wanted to know these things too, and U.S. researchers, and really, it's the whole system of incentives to uh, to research these things in the places with the least amount of regulation. And uh, how the hell are humans ever going to coordinate to do stop any any sort of threat like this when they can't even coordinate to not create labs with capability research, capability gain research? It, it was exactly what you would think of from Eliezer, as in, ah, uh, we are all doomed as soon as something even harder than this comes by. I assume the answer is prediction markets. Uh, I don't think that is his answer. No, he didn't have an answer. No, that's that can't be true. That's his answer to everything. No, that's Robin you're thinking of. No, well, uh, you know, maybe prediction markets would solve it, because, you know, you'd, you'd pay for, what are the odds of, uh, you know, deadly disease leaking from one of these labs? And if it gets too high, people will be like, hey, we should do something about this. I, 
I don't think people would do something about this. That's part of his um, objection, that people just absolutely fail at coordinating. No, so if you, if you want to, like, actually get the incentives right, then what you do is you have prediction markets about a uh, serious pathogen leak, and uh, then you use that to set insurance uh, premia that these labs have to pay. Boom, problem solved. I knew it was prediction markets. <laughs> hmm. All right, all right. Well, speaking of COVID and misinformation... Uh, David, this next story is you. Yeah, so, um, this isn't really, like, news, or it's not new news. Um, in fact, I probably should have just put this as a troop deployment, but I have a better troop deployment this fortnight, so I get to pretend that this one is a story. Yep, too late now, just plow through it. Yeah, so, we all know that Anthony Fauci lied about masks early and often in this pandemic. Um, at first he said that they were useless and possibly even counterproductive, and then he said, oh wait, no, they're the solution to the entire thing, and then he said that, uh, uh, the, um, like, you, you, you needed to keep wearing them even after you were vaccinated, and then he was like, oh wait, no, never mind, and he's just generally been a lying liar who lies. That's not news. What's... What I've been seeing recently is uh, people are starting to uh, look for people to blame, and the Fouch has been not even under consideration for possibly someone we should hold to some kind of account, despite his numerous and repeated lies at basically every stage of the pandemic that are well documented in the public record are obviously fiction and which he has like he has himself uh like in very polite politician speak said yeah i knew that was bullshit but i said it anyway because i thought you stupid idiots would do something wrong if i told you the truth so yeah fuck the media fuck the fouch i hate this all I believe that's known as simulacrum level two yes thank you v I'm yeah, I'm with Z on that uh Fauci was operating at simulacrum level two, but he's like the only one and everyone else was at three or four. Yeah. Um so he's definitely not the worst guy out there. To be clear, I'm mostly complaining about the simulacrum level four media who see Fauci as a, the uh champion of their team of very serious people slash public intellectuals. Um, and so they are bending over backwards to defend him, despite him obviously not being worthy of defense in any sort of objective moral sense. Uh, yes, I did say objective moral sense just to trigger you, Wes. Um. <laughs> Consider me triggered. Uh, so yeah. I, I also agree with V that Fauci was one of the less terrible people, but the people who are supposed to be, like, keeping people accountable and giving them incentives to stay on simulacra level one are doing even worse than Fauci was and have just, like, revealed their own uh, obsolescence and uh, redundancy in the modern world, and we can let them go now. Yeah, I think the media just doesn't know what to do with Fauci because he's obviously, like, really not that great. A lot of what he said wasn't true. Um, and but but he was like, you know, the guy standing next to Trump who's operating on, like, simulacrum level Q. <laughs> and uh, so next to him, you know, Fauci was the hero. And so they they built him up to be like, oh, yes, you can you can trust Dr. Fauci. And now that Trump's gone, they don't need to do that anymore. But they they don't want to, like, go back on it and be like, actually, Fauci's kind of full of shit. Uh, So they're just kind of flailing around and hoping everyone forgets. So is the message once again that the media is terrible? Except for us. We're the good media. Okay, right. Every media except us is bad. All right. Glad we got that out of the way. (laughs) Um, Next story. Uh, the Texas Democrats managed to block a vote on a voting restrictions law by literally running away. 
Um, Texas has their their state government has a quorum requirement of two thirds of the full membership, and Democrats are more than a third of the membership. Uh, so, and they were for some reason I don't know why this was, but they were gonna pass the bill at like midnight on the final day of the legislative session. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, so the Democrats, like, one by one kept being like, um, I have to go to the bathroom. And just kind of, kind of, uh, sidled out the back door, uh, until there wasn't a quorum. Now, a funny thing about this Texas law is that the majority is not powerless here. To establish a quorum, they can send out, uh, law enforcement to go arrest oh. the, the, yeah, the, uh, the absconding legislators and drag them back and unlike in you know the united states federal government these guys actually do it so when the democrats that's why they were leaving surreptitiously because once anyone realized what they were doing they would start get arresting them and dragging them back to the floor i don't recall if this was texas or some other state but didn't this happen about 10 years ago too where the entirety of uh one one uh, party left a uh, state, like literally left states so that they couldn't be arrested. Yeah, no, this this did happen before. And I don't think it was Texas. I think it was some other state. But yeah, they were like on the run for for a few weeks. Um, but yes, well, I think once once they leave the state, other states are not going to uh, help with this, the law enforcement. So there's no they can't drag them back, but they have to escape Texas, which just sounds like an awesome movie to me. It, I was just thinking the same thing. This is this is more of like crazy movie shit. Like, you wouldn't believe this. Yeah. Um, I hope they, you know, had to pass, like, three different checkpoints and do a, a sweet car chase and survive a shootout and so, solve a mystery. So, am I the only one who feels like um, using these sorts of procedural rules, uh, like quorum requirements, to uh, avoid voting on stuff? is the sort of thing that should get elected officials ritually thrown into a volcano. <laughs> I agree with you. It's some crazy-ass bullshit, which is why I don't think you would believe it if it was written. But um, I I guess this is the world we live in. You, I mean, you are the one who coined the stupidest timeline phrase, and it is still appropriate. Nah, I like it. You like that people can run away and just not make laws? I mean, no, it's very stupid. But I just... I like the Democrats doing things. <laughs> I like I like when they play hardball like this because so often they just are soft and roll over and are just like, well, there was nothing we could do. It seems like you should be in favor of a volcano law then because it wouldn't hurt your team at all and it would get the other team to start not fucking around. No, this was the Democrats that ran away. They'd get thrown into the volcano. Wait, what? Yeah, this was the Democrats. It's Texas. Texas is controlled by Republicans. Okay. All right. I got you now. Yeah. The Democrats wanted to pass one of their, like, Georgia-style voting restriction laws that's like, oh, you can't vote if you're not going to vote for you're Republicans. Not white. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, specifically, it would ban Sunday voting before 1 p.m. So all the souls to the polls drives wouldn't work. Huh, I wonder who that could be targeting. Yeah, right? It's not black people. Why would you say that? Uh, yeah, so it's a totally bullshit law. Um, but I, uh, you know, this is obviously you shouldn't be able to do this. And I, I have no idea why these quorum requirements are written in. Uh, but they are. And, uh, you know, I'm in favor of pulling dirty tricks to counter dirty tricks. So You're as long as it's man, there, Wes. take advantage of it. No, I'm not. You are. It's a totally... That's a totally reasonable position. I, I mean, the, it's a consistent position, I guess, but I don't like the position. I like principles and sticking to them. Look, I would like if everyone decided to, like, play by Marquis of Queensbury rules. But when the other side's punching you in the dick, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can, you can do an eye gouge. It's fine. I'm not in favor of unilateral disarmament. And, like, this law... Is, is literally trying to stop people from voting just because they don't want to vote for them. Like, you should... That's that. That is the dirtiest trick of all. If you can pull something dirty to, to try to stop it, go for it. Now, unfortunately, this isn't actually going to stop it because as soon as they open the next legislative session, they're just going to pass it. So it's mostly a symbolic thing they're doing. 
But, you know, that's even better. They can't actually, uh, you know, prevent the majority from passing the laws they want. They can just kick up a big fuss about it and delay everything. I just, I don't. Who could object? I don't know how to feel even. <laughs> um, You should feel that our entire legislative system is completely idiotic and should be just burned to the ground and redesigned from scratch. This is why I stopped watching the news for so long. All the news is just the world is, needs to be burned to the ground. Stop doing well, things. Like Eniash, that's why we have a happy news section. Oh, uh, that's true. He's I got you there. Which we're going to get to after one more Texas story. Oh, God. Uh, David, do you want to introduce this one? Oh, I, put it on the I outline, don't want but... to, but I will. <laughs> okay. So uh, there's a... Um industry of quote-unquote barely legal sex workers uh 18 to 20 year olds generally uh that work in uh strip clubs topless bars and other like uh definitely sex work but also not full-on prostitution uh places is barely legal a reference to their age yes it is Uh, okay and um, yes, it's a, it is a reference to the latest, to the second from latest episode of the Bayesian Conspiracy. Um, and, uh, those barely legal establishments are now fully illegal according to a Texas law, which has said that you can't work in such a locale until you're 21 on pain of some truly horrific penalties. Uh, so the, uh, minimum, the statutory minimum is a $10,000 fine and 20 years in prison, which is something along the lines of the statutory guideline for murder. Correction, that is a min- maximum, not a minimum. Oh, yes, 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 yes. sorry. That is the maximum, not the minimum. Minimum. Is that for the dancer or the owner of the establishment? This is for the. Um, uh, this is for the employer. Yes. Okay. The employer. That that sounds more. I mean, it's still a ridiculous law, but that sounds more in line with how I'm used to these laws being done. Yeah, and yeah. like, lest we forget, this is mostly just an excuse for um for uh, uh, police officers to be able to go into these establishments and harass the workers and the clients and all of them because like and extort them don't forget the extortion yeah the extortion too because like they're definitely um like the way you would enforce this is you need to go in and check everyone's ids and so on oh and i forgot the stupidest fucking part this is being shilled as a uh, anti-sex trafficking measure <laughs> because literally everything is an anti-sex trafficking measure nowadays. Oh my god! It also prevents eighteen-year-olds from patronizing any of these businesses. Well, if they're not old enough to consent to shaking their booty, how could they be old enough to consent to looking at a booty? I, it's like because it's Texas, I'm sort of surprised that it's not just for girls. <laughs> It's like, well, you know, 18-year-old boys, they got to see some titties, you know? So I guess I guess it's really just about making any sort of sex work illegal. Basically. Because there's no way these people could think that a 20-year-old adult is being exploited as, like, the way a child would be unable to make her own decisions. No, 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 no. you missed it. it they're 20-year-old children, not 20-year-old adults. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. This is part of the Fight for 25 didn't, movement. Didn't you hear adolescence lasts until 25 now? I have heard that, yes. Yeah, but this is, uh, I mean, they think all sex workers are exploited of any age. Because no one could possibly want to do something like that if they weren't being no, of course not. Like trafficked and their family was going to be killed. It's degrading, Eniash. Not like, you know, working in an Amazon warehouse. You're right. <laughs> or in a fucking coal mine. Yeah. It's not, you know, putting your body on display. That's just ruining it by breathing coal dust. Much better. Yeah. All right. So we're going to continue our Texas news <laughs> with a third Texas story. Jesus but Christ, this one, Texas. But this one is in happy news. Good news, everyone. Oh, what's this? All right. So Texas 
um, in contrast to their horrible uh, sex work law, has passed a free-range children law. Oh. Which is great. So they can go down the street to the chemist. They just can't go into the strip club. Exactly. Um, So basically, the law has a lot of specific provisions, but mostly it just means, hey, you can let your kids out. They don't have to be supervised all the time. Uh, And I especially enjoyed this law because it was passed on take our children to the park and leave them there day. (laughs) That's a great day. Which is a a holiday created by the free range kids movement uh, that says basically if your child is, you know, seven or older about, you can leave them in the park and they'll survive and they should be allowed to go play in the park without adults. I'm literally not sure if that's legal nowadays. Like, haven't people had the cops called on them for leaving their children at the park? Yes. Yes, they have. And that's why these laws get passed. Oh, good. Um, that's what this law is is there to prevent. Um, it's saying it is It's basically saying you can't make it illegal in the state to leave kids out unsupervised if they're, you know, not an actual danger. I feel so conflicted about Texas right now. Right? They did a genuinely good thing. But I guess they just really, really hate sex. Where do they think the kids come from? Maybe I don't. I don't know. Because this other sex is for pleasure, which is bad. But sex appropriate right. is okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they're just the exact opposite utility function that I have. Yeah, and I don't know what to think about Texas either, because this seems like very libertarian and um, probably unpopular nationally. But then the other bill was like the opposite of that. Yeah. Like, really micromanaging people's sex lives. Maybe so. this was passed by two different factions of the Texas, I don't know, political machine. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's a deal. They're like, all right, we'll pass that one, but you got to pass this one. <laughs> well, good job on this one, Texas. Um, free range kids, I support it. You get a C plus for this, Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next happy news is Bloomberg is reporting that significant numbers of employees are quitting their jobs instead of going back to the office. Uh, a lot of companies being complete shitbags are sort of like, okay, COVID's over, everyone stop all this remote work that was working fine, but we don't like it, uh, so come back to the office. And instead of doing that, people are quitting, which just warms my heart because fuck the office. That is awesome. That is one of the biggest... Um leverages that employees have over employers i mean obviously people in bad situations don't have that option but just being willing to quit your job and following through with it is hugely disruptive to any business so good on all these people for for taking a stand and doing what they need to do and want to do yeah and i really hope this inspires other businesses to employ them remotely uh because everyone's figured it out now it works it's great let's just keep doing it i'm not sure i'd say it's great but it works it's great (laughs) <laughs> Damn it, Inyash. I kind of miss my coworkers, man. I didn't realize... Talk to them on Zoom. No, that's not the same. <laughs> it's very, very poor substitute. Yeah. No, but uh, one of the things that I think is important to remember, if you've been working remotely during COVID, is that not remote work is not normally like this. Normally, if you work remotely, you don't have to do it from home. You can do it if you want to see people... Um, you can work from a coffee shop. Um, you're a lot, a lot of people can get their jobs instead of, you know, paying for office space to pay for a co-working membership. So you can go to a co-working space and those places have great camaraderie. Um, all the co-working spaces I know of like throw parties, have social things for everyone that goes there. But, um, just because they're trying to create a real community. Yeah. When I worked for myself, I worked at a coffee shop and it was wonderful. Yeah. And you can also go on vacation whenever you want and just work from wherever you are. You can go live in another country if you want to. You can start a commune and live with your 50 best friends and do your job from there. Um, you don't, you know, it's COVID that was keeping you isolated, not remote work. All right, you have a good point. Here, here. All right, uh, next happy news is from David. Oh, yes, this is a cool one. So, United Airlines has teamed up with a Denver-based aerospace company called the Boom Supersonic. I apologize, Boom. I just felt like I needed to yell that for some reason. Uh, to begin development of a new supersonic commercial aircraft. 
however, the FAA has been looking at its alphabet brethren who have been just showing out like gangbusters for the, um, Delenda Est Club, and it wanted to remind people that it sucks too, and so it's been sticking its dick in the proceedings, but still both, uh, United and Boom, uh, sorry, Boom, uh, seem to be sticking to their guns and wanting to actually follow through, so, uh, it is still going to be illegal to fly over the United States supersonic, but you could hopefully be looking at United Airlines uh, transatlantic flights getting a lot shorter in the very near future. When did it become illegal to, f- to fly supersonic over the U.S.? Uh, it's pretty much always been illegal. I had no freaking It's clue. the noise, Eniash. It makes that sonic boom, and it disturbs the puppies. If you yes. go high enough, though, doesn't that dissipate by the time it gets to ground level? Uh, yes, but you see, if they take things like that and, you know, common sense into account, then they lose their Delenda S Club membership, and we can't <laughs> have that. Ah. Wait, is that is that actually true? Can they get high enough so that the, the sonic boom isn't disturbing to people on the ground? When you're 10,000 yes. feet up. I'm skeptical. In space, oh. no one can hear you scream. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> or sonic boom. I know it's technically possible to get that high. I just don't know if the... Uh, uh, does these particular airliners can do that? Um, uh, I will look into that and get back to you. Okay. Um, the other question I keep hearing, uh, about this is that, um, we had a supersonic jetliner. Yeah, the Concorde. Mm -hmm. Decades ago, the Concorde. Yeah. Um, and what happened to that? They made a rock band. (laughs) So, that... Uh, didn't really pan out because of technical issues, uh, just the material Inyash. strain. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Ineash. Yeah. I just want to point out, I'm pretty sure that was a pun. No, because it was the same word. No, no, it was spelled with an H. What? Yes, Flight of the Concords has an H in it, like like music chords. Well, I've never looked at how their name is spelled. No, it doesn't matter, you made a pun. <laughs> Not either. You did. You did. We have it on. We have it no, recorded. No, no, I'm melting. <laughs> All right, sorry, David. Continue. It's fine. Uh, so yeah, basically there there were like technical materials constraints. Um, if you put an aluminum tube at supersonic speed, then like it'll get bloated, um, and it's super hard to maintain cabin pressure. Uh, this new plane has a carbon fiber exterior, which uh, they have tested in wind tunnels and such, because apparently they have supersonic wind tunnels, um, wow. and uh, it, is, it has much fewer problems of the sort that aluminum aircraft do at supersonic speeds. Okay, so did the Concorde just not work? It was too expensive from what I heard. It worked, but it was crazy expensive to run. Because basically, when it swells, um, so there is the problem with maintaining cabin pressure, but also, like, it it loses aerodynamicness, uh, which becomes a much bigger deal at supersonic speeds than it is at subsonic. Um, So just take crazy amounts of fuel? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But these these new designs are supposedly going to be doing better on that. Yes. All right. Pretty sweet. Yep. I look forward to that. All right, and David has another piece of happy news for us. Yeah, so this is going to sound out sounding, uh, start out sounding like a bummer, but uh, I promise it gets back around to uh, not being a bummer. So, um, uh, Pennsylvania is one of several states that has a very stupid law on the book, saying basically that if you give someone drugs and then they die from taking those drugs, then you are basically criminally liable for murdering that person. Uh, One of the... This is meant to target, like, dealers, but one of the people convicted under this was a teenager who uh, bought heroin with her friend. This was, like, one of those deals that I'm sure you guys are all familiar with, where, like, You and your friend go to the dealer, and then you both tell him what you're looking for, and then you give them money. Um, Why do you think I would be familiar with this? 
Uh, you know, it's just a hunch. Um, and I mean, so far, this sounds like going to the supermarket. Yeah, uh, and then they went to a bathroom uh, at, like, an Arby's or something. Uh, shot up, and one of them OD'd and died. Shit. All right, so this is the bummer part. Yes. The other part of the bummer part was that the friend, who did not act great the entire time, like she didn't call 911 or anything like that, but she was given a 21-year sentence for distribution resulting in death. Jesus, that's more than you get for employing a 19-year-old as a sex worker. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually... um, so the mandatory, this is what I was thinking of earlier that uh, Wes corrected me about. Uh, the mandatory minimum for distribution resulting in death is the same as the statutory maximum for third degree murder. Um, unfortunately, uh, but the reason this is in happy news was because uh, this conviction was overturned in the Third Circuit. Uh, unfortunately, the judges didn't, uh, overturn the law, but they did say that this was a misapplication, uh, basically because of what I said earlier, this law was clearly meant to target dealers, and, um, this is just a case of two friends getting drugs together and one of them dies, um, uh, so it was not- Was the the distribution- at issue, just like handing the drugs to, to your friends? Yes. Oh, yeah, and if you read the opinion, the government would have us believe that if two drug addicts uh, jointly and simultaneously purchase methamphetamine and return home to smoke it together, a quote-unquote distribution has occurred each time the addicts pass the pipe back and forth to each other. Such an interpretation diverts punishment from trackers, traffickers to addicts, who contribute to the drug uh, only as end users and who already suffer disproportionately from its dangerous effects. That is fake news, by the way. Meth doesn't really have any particularly dangerous effects. Um, I know because my sister takes it. She calls it ADHD medicine, uh, as do many uh, young adults. Um, but anyway, yeah, the 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 um, one of the. Uh, concurring judges here was not having this argument at all, nor should she, because it's a fucking stupid argument. Alright, well good. Yeah, good news. And uh, I I apologize for all the drug distribution I've been doing. Yes. Also, hilariously, one of the judges in the majority of this case, so one of them arguing for the more lenient interpretation of this law, was appointed by Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you try to appoint the youngest judges possible. Yep. Was that a thing Ronald Reagan tried to do? That's what they all do. Oh, okay. That's like the biggest thing in, in judicial appointments, is everyone tries to uh, appoint really young judges so they stay on the bench forever. Their lifetime appointments. Are some of them appointing 24-year-old children? <laughs> I, act- Could be. I actually would not be surprised if there's at least one judge uh, in Texas who, under this law, could not go to a strip club. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that takes us to troop deployment. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is a mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And we will start with David. So, uh, for those of you who haven't been on the internet, uh, this is June. And June is Pride Month. And Pride Month means my least favorite hashtag discourse comes back around again. So there is this um, ongoing, shall we call it a debate in the gay community about whether kink is acceptable at Pride. uh, Kink being like BDSM type of stuff. uh, Because it is and has always been a massive part of uh, the, of both pride the event and the gay pride movement in general and um uh on the other hand there are people saying but won't somebody think of the children's um, children again and uh so there's always this these giant flame wars about whether it is acceptable to have kink at pride uh i am not gay but i am kinky 
So I have, shall we say, some thoughts about this. And I just want to give, like, a very quick summary of some of the stupider arguments here and why they're bad. Uh, so stupid argument number one. Uh, kinky people aren't, um, uh, oppressed in the same way that gay people are. And to this I say, correct, we're oppressed much worse because people can't generally be fired for being, uh, gay anymore, but they are routinely fired for being kinky. Uh, you can literally just Google this and you will find, uh, things, this sort of thing happening. Um, you, there is also a, a 1.2 version of this argument that, uh, kinky people don't have the same history of oppression as gay people. This is also complete and utter fabrication. Um, uh, so stupid argument number three, uh, think of the children. Uh, have you seen fucking Pride? <laughs> There's non-kinky stuff there that if you're not comfortable with children seeing it, then you shouldn't be taking them to pride. And that's my big issue here, is that, like, you are consenting to witnessing that sort of thing when you go to an event like Pride. And finally, there's just, like, and and I I am not generally a big fan of the Oppression Olympics, but, like... If we're going to have an Oppression Olympics, then let's just be real about who the winners are. And it, 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 it's obviously kinky people. Like, you could make a case that uh, trans people are more oppressed in some ways. But also, like, when there's a group that is so marginalized that, like, there's a big hashtag discourse about whether it's acceptable... For them to behave in the way prescribed by their sexual orientation in public, then that's like real, honest to God, not microaggression, 1960s style oppression of a sexual orientation. And I really fucking hate to see quote unquote allies or people who are quote unquote concerned with dismantling oppression making excuses for this obvious oppression. Uh, that was a good soldier. Yeah, uh, complete, completely agree. Uh, be nice Be nice to your kinky friends. Unless your kink is not to be nice to them. <laughs> and it is also their kink, in which case, do what you want. You're consenting adults. Indeed. All right, Eniash, what do you have for us? Uh, last week, I went out to the uh, opening night of Milk, which is a local goth club here, and it was absolutely wonderful. And God, I, I'm I'm happy to have done that again. And really, some people out there are still going around telling people that we need to wear masks, we need to stay on lockdown, the next variant is coming, uh, the world is going to be like this forever now, and I just want to give a giant fuck you to all those people. We went on lockdown specifically so we could buy some time to get the vaccine um, not not made, but I guess uh, approved by the fucking FDA, and then made in hundreds of millions of doses, and we have that now, and if you are fully vaccinated, by the definition of having it been at least two weeks since your last dose, you are back in the normal world. Like, go out to your local fucking coffee shop and just sit there and chat with people. Go dance. Live the life that everyone was meant to live without fear because it's over. We we won and we don't have to do this anymore. Here, here. Uh, also, what is the uh, kink situation at Milk Light? Because I did not... I was just like... I left Denver just before it uh, reopened, but that was something I wanted to do while I was there, and I was disappointed that I couldn't. So there's a fair overlap between uh, goth, gay, and kink, because uh, they're all sort of, you know, the social outcast weirdo groups. Yes, they're the oppressed ones. <laughs> right, but they're... We just uh, went like, over this. I, I am not particularly in the kink scene myself, so I couldn't really tell you. Oh, okay. There is a huge kink scene in Philly. All the goths are kinky. Nice. <laughs> Not all. Well, maybe all the Philly goths are. All the Philly goths nope. are. Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you for that, David. That, that was Zinyash's true deployment. <laughs> oh, right. That was Zinyash. Uh, thank you, Eniash. No problem. And speaking of thank you, Eniash, oh. my troop deployment this week is It's a Wonderful Eniash. Wait, what? 
Uh, now, we often assume that most of you who listen to our podcast also listen to The Bayesian Conspiracy, which is one of Eniash's other podcasts. But if you don't, you may have missed a moment in the last episode where Eniash confessed that there was a moment in his teen years where he probably would have killed himself if he had access to a gun. Now, I'd like to join basically everyone else in saying that the world is a better place with Eniash in here, here. But I'd, I'd also like to go a little further and explain why. Now, first... Eniash is just a great guy to have around. He's fun and enthusiastic. He's got charisma. He stands by his beliefs and doesn't mind defending them. He has a great sense of humor, even if he doesn't like puns, but actually we proved this episode that he does. (laughs) (laughs) And he's always encouraging everyone to become better versions of themselves. It's clear that he adds a whole lot to a lot of people's lives just by being here. Now, second, Eniash is responsible for great things. Without Eniash, there would be no HBMOR audiobook which means fewer people enjoying the story and fewer people engaging with its ideas and with the community. Personally, I'm not sure I would have read it without Eniash's narration, which means I probably never would have found the rationality community and would feel significantly more isolated. Without Eniash, there would be no What Lies Dreaming. Without Eniash, there probably wouldn't have been a Bayesian Conspiracy podcast, which means no Bayesian Conspiracy Discord server, which gave birth to a number of wonderful things, including this podcast, the University of Bayes, the Guild of Servants, or whatever they're calling it now, Uncultured Swine, two Rash 2 Unadvised, two separate book clubs, at least two RPG groups, a Minecraft server, and a sports betting pool. There are even people dating who met on the server. Eniash is responsible for all of that. And the main point here is that Eniash is great. But the second point is that death sucks, especially when it's suicide. Now, I'm a supporter of a person's right to die, but it should be a considered as rational as possible decision. For every person who truly does a cost-benefit analysis, there are over a dozen who simply make an impulsive decision and would eventually be grateful to anyone who stopped them. So if you're feeling suicidal or know someone who is, please remember Eniash. Right now, it might seem like living isn't worth it, but you can't know what the future holds. Eniash once felt the same as you do, and he's gone on not just to live a life worth living, but to bring a truly incalculable amount of happiness and well-being into the world. If you're feeling suicidal, please just wait. It's not a decision you can take back, so please make sure it's what you really want to do. And if you know someone who is suicidal, please encourage them to wait. You may be doing more good than you could possibly realize. All right, that's our show for this week. Thank you for listening. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us reviews. Please donate to our Patreon so you motivate us to do more uh, uh, bonus episodes. And uh, come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.